your Locked On Hurricanes, your daily podcast on the Carolina Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, folks, I am joined by the voice of the Carolina Hurricanes and NC State Ice Pack, Wade Mentor. How are you doing this afternoon, Wade? I am doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, not a problem. Um, and this interview is brought to you by the lovely folks over at Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I think the big thing uh, right now on everyone's mind is what was it like calling uh, games with no fans in the arena? Weird. Uh, as weird as you would think it would be was yeah. you know you had the the normal game presentation the lights the music dj miss dills playing his songs and nobody there uh yeah. so it was kind of spooky walking around the concourse on a game day and everything's closed down and there's no people on the concourse and going to my little table in a new spot and having a microphone and a script and things to say but no one to say them too but it's good to have hockey back. It was good to be able to be part of the game presentation again after about a year off. And it was just an opportunity to see if I can take the things that I do inside the arena and make them sound good over TV instead of inside of the arena for fans. Yeah. And I think I speak for all of the fans. We still enjoyed hearing your voice, you know, even if it was on TV rather than, you know, being in the arena. Um, and yeah, you know, one thing that I think we all enjoyed on social media um, while there are no fans in there was the prank war that you had going with stormy um will that continue uh now that the fans are back in the arena you never can tell a stormy stormy is a uh, mercurial ice hog uh can't really tell what's going on inside of his head he never blinks which is just frightening uh that is that is some very uh very unsettling things to just see those wide unstaring unseeing unblinking eyes but I can confirm that while I was uh, in my new spot for Thursday's game, he was lurking around. I think I had a spray bottle with me. I was able to scare him away, but I don't know if it's going to keep him out for long. Oh, yeah. We'll definitely have to wait and see. Um, and another thing um, that I just want to know if you saw, uh, while no fans were allowed in the arena, was, um, you know, you know, going by the handle of at CaniXX, you know, he started this thing uh, where, you know, whenever – you know, your favorite player scores, you drink, whether it's alcohol or not. Um, you know, he would, you know, drink uh, when Vincent Trocek scores. I drink when Martinuk scores. You know, my girlfriend, she scores when Sveshnikov scores. Did you see any of that? I saw a little bit of it. Um, you know, Twitter's algorithm is finicky, and I never really kind of see what everyone else sees. But I did note that I saw some drinking for the first goals that happened on the road. So that was cool. And yeah, now I, now that apparently I'm aware of it, I'm seeing more of the uh, potential Kane's uh, 2021 season drinking game. And I just got to say, if you uh, if you have picked Vincent Trocek as your person, please hydrate. Uh, safety first, people. Um, yep. You know, that you, message you, is for you. You got to pace yourself. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, and yeah, you know, I just mentioned yeah, Jordan Martin. Uh, you know, it's March now. And it's going on two years since the Marty party downtown at the Oak. And that's just wild to think about um, that. It's been that long. 
Yeah, it's been a weird year. Um, you know, I uh, I called the game on February 28th, 2020, and the team went on a road trip and, and never came back. So when it was time to reopen the arena, when hockey came back in uh, January, came back to the arena and basically everything was where I'd left it. I still had my, uh, my mic with the pride tape from pride night. Uh, I think there was still a battery in my headset. Like it, it was a very strange feeling to see that all kind of be frozen in time. And it was nice to be able to pick things up out of mothballs and, and get back to it. But it, you know, now that we're approaching a year since the kind of official league shut down, all those anniversaries are popping up and it's, it's weird to think that it's been that long. Yeah, I know. And I was at that February 28th game against the Avs and I did not think that it would be the last Hurricanes game that I would have went to for over a year. Right. Um, hey there, folks. It's your host, Jared Ellis, popping in here to remind you that while we have you covered for everything Carolina Hurricanes here on Locked On Hurricanes, you got to wonder about what about the rest of the sports world? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you'll need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Now back to the interview with Wade Minter. Now, big news now is that uh, in North Carolina, fans are allowed back in the arena. Um, so what was the environment like um, the other night when fans were able to come back it was it was rewarding to see you know obviously not as many people as would be in there to watch this really exciting team in a normal world but even having about three thousand people in there you know you look out across the bowl and the you know lower bowl upper bowl you can see people there they they're bringing signs they're wearing their gear so you know it it was a taste of normalcy and hopefully if everything continues going in a good direction by the time the end of the season rolls around there'll be you know more than 3,000 who can be in there safely and we'll you know be able to hopefully have a good playoff run with something approximating real capacity in the building so you know if everyone stays safe get your shots wear your masks um, we can get through this and there's that light at the end of the tunnel that we're starting to see yeah I know I'm looking forward to being able to go to games again Um, and obviously you yourself are a goalie um, you know, you play in your beer hockey leagues, um, and shoot, it was a little, it was a couple weeks ago. Now, uh, Alex Nelkovich got his first career shutout against the defending champs, no less. Um, what was it like calling that game and seeing that happen? It was really rewarding. You know, we, we all as, as Kaniacs have followed Ned from the draft up through his years in the system. And there's always been that potential there. Um, and then for whatever reason or another, he hasn't been able to kind of stick up at this level. But the kid's got skill. He's got a good attitude. And he can put on big game performances. He's done it in every level he's played at. So being thrust into action against the defending Stanley Cup champs with all the firepower they've got and being able to come away with a shutout, I'm sure was a great moment in his career. And hopefully it's just the first of many. But being able to announce him as the first star with his first career shutout, uh, take the game sheet with him as first star for that shutout and, you know, send it along th- through the team to him. It was, uh, it was good to see for a kid who is, who's put in his time and and done the work. Yeah. I can only imagine what the environment would have been like, you know, had fans been there, even if it was, you know, the limited capacity that is now. Um, and I've met him before and I can, you know, 
agree with what you said uh, 110%. He is an absolute amazing kid. Um, now, we talked about Vincent Trocek a second ago with everything he's doing. Um, I said the other day that yeah, if the NHL was to have an all-star game this year, um, obviously it's been scrapped that I think he would hands down be an all-star for the Hurricanes. Um, now, who would your pick or picks be if the NHL was to have an all-star game this year? Yeah, I mean, my my number one choice would be Trocek just because he's been carrying that line. He's been consistent. You know, we've had players who've, you know, heated up and then cooled down. So Brock McGinn was on a tear for a while. Jordan Stahl was on a tear for a while. They're both playing well, but not kind of at that level that they would get to for five or six games where they were kind of unstoppable. Trocek has done it consistently from start to finish in the season. And I think that's really what sets him apart from the rest of a really successful team is that he's been able to keep that gear going, score timely goals, a lot of third period goals, uh, overtime goals. And, you know, that's what, that's what you wanted when you traded for him. You wanted a consistent second line center that could score and make the people around him better. And a line of Trocek centering Niederreiter and Natchez is a scary line to play against because uh, Natchez is deceptively fast. Trocek can score at any point. And Niederreiter can heat up as well. Uh, so I think it's good. I mean, I feel like the Canes have balance up and down the lines right now. And Trocek's ability to play that second line center is a big reason people can be slotted properly. Yeah, I definitely agree there. Um, and, you know, you mentioned, you know, guys heating up and cooling off. And the team has been really successful um, this year despite that. Um, what do you feel it will take for the Hurricanes to continue to stay at the top of the New Look Central Division? Really just consistency. Um, you're going to have to have consistency on the defensive end where, you know, that's been the Canes calling card in the Rod Brendamore era, just shut down defense. And I feel like we've kind of come off of that a little bit. Um, I don't know if it's because of personnel shuffling or people playing a little more of an offensive style, but it, you know, from where I'm sitting, it seems like the Canes are giving up more quality than in past years. And, you know, that's come back to hurt them, especially in third periods. Mm -hmm. You can certainly win a lot of games if you outscore everybody. So, as I mentioned, the second line's doing great work. The third line is is you know got the ability to come on and contribute. That fourth line's tough to play against. If the first line can really get back to where it needs to be in terms of reliable goal scoring and uh, work on the power play, I think the Canes can stick with any team in the league. Yeah, I definitely agree there. Um... Hey there, folks. It's me again, your host, Jared Ellis. I just want to take a second to talk to you because we've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is, of course, the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now it's the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Madness. Today's matchup is the classic flavor apple almond crisps taking on the newcomer true puff that is coming out later this month which i'm extremely excited to try and then of course you have one of my all-time favorite built bars the peanut butter brownie taking on raspberry peanut butter brownie very well could go all the way i love it it's one of my favorites um so make sure that you go to builtbar.com or to at builtbar on Twitter. Cast your votes for your favorite built bar. And remember to use promo code LOCKED ON20 to get your 20% off 
your next order. That is locked on 20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who's won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Today, there are several hockey games and college basketball games going on, so you may want to place some bets on those games. And there's only one place that we trust for all of our sports betting, and that is, of course, Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. While football might be over right now, the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are all in full swing again. March Madness is kicking off with a bunch of conference championships going on right now. And then, of course, you have the NHL going as well. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKED ON. Bet Online, your sportsbooks experts. And right now, you can also get the upper hand in your fantasy league with the daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long Dynasty and DFS leagues, breaking down all the stats and information to keep you ahead of the competition. Subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Hot Podcast wherever you get your podcast, folks. Now back to the interview with Wade Minter. Now to move on over into some listener questions. Um, Cheyenne, she asks, um, do you find yourself uh, saying player names in your announcer voice? Like you're at home, you're just chatting with your family about someone, and then you just say it in your announcer voice. Uh, not unless I want to get a, get a rise out of the family. Um, no, it, it's weird. In, the, in this role, there's kind of like, you know, the real me and the performing me. And mm-hmm. when the performing me is out there, then, you know, I'm certainly – all in and when the real me is is out there I'm, I'm very actually very quiet and introverted um and you know it, it's funny for someone who is is well known for talking a lot if I'm at home by myself for you know a few days or a weekend like the family is out of town obviously pre-covid no one goes anywhere anymore these days mm-hmm. but you know if my wife and kids were out of town for a long weekend I could go an entire weekend without speaking um mm-hmm. but when I'm in the arena, when I'm doing road goal calls, when I've got the announcer personality on, it it is big and fun, and I enjoy doing it. Yeah, and actually that segues great into my next question. Uh, Jason Hernandez from the Locked On Anaheim Ducks, he asked, um, you know, what's your warm up routine um, for you know being the announcer? Yeah, so I do my homework the day before the game. I'll get the rosters from the league. Uh, the team sends them out so I can see you know who's on the roster. I you know check to make sure that the rosters that I have are accurate, uh, update everybody's goal counts. And then for the visiting team, if there are player names I don't know, I go do my homework on you know how is that pronounced. Uh, ideally, I want to find a clip of them saying their own name. That's not always possible. If I can't find a clip of them saying their own name, a bunch of us uh, PA announcers in the league have put together a website where we help each other out and upload our own pronunciations of our own players. So let's say we're playing Dallas and they have a player that I haven't heard of before. He's a you know, recent call up from the AHL or something. 
I can listen to how Jeff K of the stars would say it. So if I say things the same way, I mean, if I'm wrong, I'm no more wrong than the guy in the arena with them normally, which, you know, that's not a bad standard to try to hit. So, you know, do my homework, make sure I've got all the names right, make sure I've got all the data I need, review the script. They send that out the, you know, the usually the day of the game with everything that's been going on. And then, you know, in a pre, pre-COVID world, I would have a very uh, set routine where I'd show up, go to the production meeting, have dinner, walk the concourse a few times, say hi to people, just kind of get the energy of the building, and then go down and announce warm-ups. Um, <clears throat> now, obviously, we're not doing a lot of that stuff, so I show up for the production meeting, get all my gear, take it down to my table, and uh, usually just kind of hang out on Twitter until the game starts. <laughs> oh, we all know that. Um, and he also asked, you know, another great segue here, uh, what are some of the hardest names you've had to say uh, in your announcing career, whether it's for the Hurricanes or someone else? Oh, wow. Uh, former Dallas star Yerky Yoki Paka was a tough one because that is not pronounced how it looks. Oh, I would absolutely butcher it. Um, I, uh, I, I did, you know, I, I've messed up a few names. Uh, <clears throat> my friend Kurt Fry out of Portland is a Calgary Flames fan of all random things. And uh, Calgary has a player whose name uh, looks like uh, Chillington, but it's actually Kylington. Um, so I looked at it and I was like, oh, I know how to say this. I'm not going to bother to do the homework on it. Rookie mistake. Yeah, uh, so I butchered his name, and then Kurt's like texted me like that's not how it said. <laughs> awesome. And um, then there was uh there was one one really weird thing. I think it was either my first or second year on the mic where um, Joakim Nordstrom changed his name on me halfway through a game. Um, so he had been going by Joachim Nordstrom uh, was how everyone <clears throat> with the Canes had said his name prior. So I'm doing a game, something happens to him. I can't remember if it's goal or penalty. I announced it, blah blah blah. Joachim Nordstrom. Period ends, go hit the restroom. I'm coming back and I pass uh, Mike Sunheim of the Canes. And he's like, oh, by the way, he's going by Joakim now. Like, oh, did not know that. Go back to the box. Further along in the game, something else happens to him. So I announce him in uh, the second time in the course of the same game as Joakim. So he had two different names in, uh, in one game, which is a little weird. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, Cause I remember uh, when Red Revolution Rampage interviewed John Forsland um, a while back, you know, he said, you know, Alex N- Nedeljkovich being one of the hardest that he's had to call. Um, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. With him, you know, game super fast paced and having to say all those letters at once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, some of those names, some names that look really difficult are in fact quite easy when you hear them. Um, mm-hmm. When you're just looking at the, the letters, it's, it's tough. So for similar sort of deal with former uh, NC State Ice Pack star player, Sam Banashevitz. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at the name, you're like, I have no idea how to say this. But if you hear it, it's Banashevitz. Oh, cool. I, it, you know, that's actually not that hard, but um, it can take a little while to get the letters and the sounds properly coordinated in your head. Yeah. Um, and last question from Jason. Uh, I personally heard the story, but he wants to know, how did you get your start in PA announcing? Oh, wow. Um, so when I was, uh, I was a kid growing up in rural Southern Virginia, so didn't grow up as a hockey fan uh, in the tobacco fields of Lunenburg County, Virginia. Very small town that I grew up in. Um, wasn't a whole lot going on. But the high school had a good forensics program. 
So forensics not being crime scene investigation in this case, but a public speaking competition. And my mom kind of signed me up for that as a way to get me out of my shell. And I did that for you know six years through middle school and high school. Went to college at William & Mary, um, computer science major, worked on the newspaper and was still a sports fan at the time. So I kind of on my own built the first website for William & Mary's uh, athletic department. So working with the sports information department there, built their first website back in like 95, 96 era. And through that was like, hey, I do, you know, I did public speaking in high school. Do you have any announcing things that you need done? And it turns out they did. So they had, um, you know, need in women's soccer, volleyball, women's basketball. Um, so I announced for those terribly. That was God awful. It was terrible. Um, but the stakes were fairly low and, you know, it was a good time, good experience to get some practice in. After college, I ended up getting hooked up with an improv group called Comedy Sports, which had a branch in Raleigh. Uh, it's now known as Comedy Works after a uh, bit of drama in the early 2000s. But it's a competitive improv show where you've got like a red team and a blue team and a referee and an announcer. And that's all part of the improv show. And I gravitated towards doing the announcer role in the improv show. So I spent 15 years on the mic at Comedy Sports doing kind of a parody of a, of a public address announcer. So was able to build up, you know, that character and make it fun through Comedy Sports and Comedy Works. <laughs> About eight or nine years ago, um, through my improv connections, picked up being a ring announcer for Gouge Professional Wrestling here in Raleigh. Um, so did that, kind of work in the crowd live in the ring for pro wrestling. Picked up playing ice hockey when my daughter, <clears throat> my oldest daughter was about three or four, I think. So I took, learned to play lessons. So I've been playing for a while. And then in the 2014 season, answered a call on Twitter from NC State because they were looking for a PA announcer over at the Iceplex. Came out, did a tryout game. They liked me. So I did that season. So all of that kind of came together when in 2015, the Canes had a tryout for the PA announcer role, uh, Brian Hoyle, who'd been doing it for 10 years, had left because his business had gotten too successful. He didn't have the free time anymore and was able to combine, you know, knowledge of the sport from playing it at the beer league level to uh, understanding of kind of how a hockey PA works from that year of doing NC State to having a, you know, hopefully fun and engaging announcer character from all those years at comedy sports and comedy works and gouge wrestling put it all together for what ended up being a successful audition. Yeah, uh, I definitely, well, one, I have been to William & Mary campus, beautiful campus, um, and that website you built for them is as old as me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am, uh, the white in the beard does not, uh, not die, it's all authentic. Uh, there's starting to be a few for me, um, and JD from Locked On San Jose Sharks asks, what has been your favorite call of the season so far? Ah, oh, favorite call of the season so far. That's a, that's a tough one because it's been so weird. I think, I think the first goal call in the arena after things were back was probably my favorite because, you know, it was kind of unfinished business when the season shut down in March. I did get a chance to record a couple of small things for the bubble in Toronto, but it clearly wasn't like being there. Mm -hmm. Then we kind of went into this 
uncertain time period where no one knew when or if or how the NHL was going to come back. Are they going to go back to bubble cities? Is there even going to be hockey in Raleigh? And, you know, when we got the word of how the divisions were going to be organized and the schedule was going to play out, it was kind of a, a little glimmer of normalcy. And when I was in the arena, kind of perched on the edge of a fan seat with this cable propped awkwardly in front of me and the Kane scored a goal. And I got to do that first goal call in, you know, somewhat in, I guess about nine, 10 months or whatever. That was probably the most special because it really showed that hockey was back and that, you know, we were hopefully going to get through this. And there was that optimism that things could in fact return to normal. Yeah, I know. Um, All of us enjoy hearing you again. Um, now we've obviously mentioned NC State a few a few times. Um, now they played; they're ranked number five right now, and they played number nine Florida Gulf Coast last night um, in a three to one loss. What were some of your takeaways from that game? Uh, you know, a few takeaways. One, it was good to have fans back at Wake Competition Center, and I say back, and I mean for the first time. So we have about 100 NC State fans in in the building. It's a beautiful facility. Jeff Ammons and the Canes have made it a a top-notch hockey destination. And I can't wait for having a couple thousand fans in there watching the ice pack play once everything opens up. Uh, Florida Gulf Coast State had split the season series with them down in Florida. Uh, They're a very talented team, very fast, uh, great goaltending. They they hit hard. It's a little different style than I think you see out of the ACCHL, which is, I, I would say, a little bit more of a finesse league. But uh, their goaltender did a great job. Eric Daniel for State did a great job. And the odd kind of thing from last night was all four goals scored were scored on a power play. So special teams were huge in that game. And uh, Ryan Nussbaum of Florida Gulf Coast, played a incredibly good game and you know was rightly named for a star so rematch today seven o'clock at weight competition center you can tune in and watch it live on pack tv and hopefully uh coach healy and the the gang have done some game planning and figured out how to get state back to their game and negate some of the physicality and speed we saw from florida gulf coast and it'll split the series up here in raleigh yeah um that actually leads great into my next question of how do you think they'll be able to bounce back uh, from that loss? This is a team that doesn't lose at home uh, very I often. I, I think I, I was think, trying to think back in, in the seven years that I've been announcing for state and I haven't announced every game because, you know, occasionally they're scheduling conflicts with the Canes and I can't do a state game, but I've maybe announced three or four home losses over seven years. Like this is a team that doesn't lose at home and they take a lot of pride in that. So I think, you know, you'll see uh, you'll see them come back angry. They had a couple uh, players, key players like Cam Azikowski, who were working off a one-game suspension. So I think we'll have a little bit of a different look in the lineup from State tonight. You know, Mazikowski's big and strong uh, defenseman, and he's not going to get pushed around. So I, I think that uh, State's going to take it personally that they lost on home ice. I think they're going to take it personally that they lost in front of fans for the first time this year. And uh, I think you'll see them come out firing. Yeah, I know. I'm going to be at that game tonight, so I'm obviously looking forward to it um, and being able to see them play in such a high-stakes game of being you know, a top-10 matchup. Um, and then the fact that they're going to be so fired up from the loss last night, really looking forward to the game tonight. Um, and one last question before you go. 
Um, you obviously, when the Hurricanes are on the road, have your victory scotch. Um, yeah, obviously a little bit, and you stay hydrated. Um, what would be your favorite one that you've had? Oh, man, uh, there's so much out there, and I'm still, in spite of kind of running the victory scotch uh, gimmick for a few years, still a novice. Um, you know, I, I listen to the Whiskey Cast podcast with Mark Gillespie um, and pick up some new things from there. Uh, we'll hopefully be able to get back over to Scotland at some point in the next year or so and uh, go on a distillery tour with Paul Lawson out there in Fife. But for me, I think my favorite is the 14-year-old uh, Glenmorangie Quinta Rubin port cask finish. Um, every year that they have the Canes Bash, I put together a player basket, though I am not in the strictest sense of the word, a player. Mm-hmm. And I throw in some things like a team autographed script and usually a beer league jersey or something like that. And one of the things that I always put in there is a bottle of uh, Glenmorangie Quinta Rubin. So, <clears throat> yeah, that's kind of been the calling card. And if I want to go have something that, I, that I'm going to like, it'll be something special for a special event. That's the one I hit up. Oh, yeah, I could only imagine um i've had scotch a few times uh but not a lot because i'm more of a beer guy i've been to r&d um and the burial tap room down on davy street been all over with the stuff um so yeah, it's, I, it's weird how your taste changed like I, I was not a uh dark liquor fan i was not a beer fan i was not a coffee fan until kind of later in life i didn't really develop a taste for coffee until i was in my kind of early 30s beer until probably like my mid 30s and you know whiskey until i was about 40 so um you know it getting older it means a lot of things but for me it's been that uh you know things that i didn't like in the past i do and have been able to continue to explore stuff like that and you know it was, was not as gross as it was when i was in my 20s yeah uh, and I actually overlooked one question right here. Um, last night, um, Jason and I we were on a call recording an episode, and we were discussing a potential blockbuster twa- trade, excuse me, uh, between the Ducks and the Hurricanes. Um, and I want to get your thoughts on this. What would you think about John Gibson coming to the Hurricanes if he would waive his no trade clause? Yeah, I mean, I certainly certainly a good player um i feel like if if peter morozik and one of either uh, alex nadelkovich or james reimer can can do can perform that tandem that uh morozik and uh, curtis McElhaney did so well in the 1819 season or morozik and reimer did i don't know if i would give up a ton of talent for for john gibson right now um if if you end up with peter morozik either being out for longer than expected or you know the the backups not really being able to carry the load then maybe um maybe end up needing somebody like a john gibson i mean anaheim's kind of not great right now yeah uh so you know they're 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 going to be sellers um yeah, I mean, fine goalie. I, I don't know what it would take to get him, and I don't know if it would be worth it if, you know, you can get a healthy Peter Morozik back who's playing at the level that he was playing at before that unfortunate collision and, um, you know, one of Reimer or Nadelkovich being able to establish themselves as a solid two. So I I would probably pass at this point, but it, some of that depends on kind of how things look when uh, 
Peter's back and in midseason form again. Yeah, we kind of said it all on the same thing. It'd be cool to see, um, but Gibson wouldn't come cheap for sure. Right. Because when he's on, he's on. Um, but I do want to thank you again for coming on, Mentor. Uh, where can the listeners find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter way too often uh, at Minter, M-I-N-T-E-R. Uh, I am not on Facebook and Instagram because I uh, don't want to be contributing to, to Mark Zuckerberg's empire. <laughs> and find me on uh, LinkedIn if you want to talk business. My real day job is doing software uh, stuff for people who need software built. So uh, plug for, for my company, Dual Boot Partners here. We can help you get software built for your company. Hit me up there on LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, you can, you can find me on TikTok, but you won't find any content because I just have an account there to follow my daughters. So uh, <laughs> you can follow me. A few people have, but you're probably not going to see anything. I have. You came up on suggested people one time. I'm like, oh, I know him. I'll follow him. Yeah. Uh, yep. my, my, my bio on TikTok is literally, I'm just here so I don't get fined. I know. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, but I look forward to seeing you tonight at the State Game Mentor um, and want to thank you once again for coming on. Thanks. Go Canes. Yeah. Go Canes and go Pack.